Welcome to the Rich Room Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Sobel. Where you can master the art of enriching your life. What kind of kindergarten shit is this? And finding a path to financial freedom. Who the fuck was supposed to teach me how to do my taxes? So sit back, relax, and step into the Rich Room. You know I can't help these cause they know they can never touch these. Welcome to the Rich Room Podcast, everyone. How the heck are you? I'm your host, Lindsay Sobel. I've been trying to put my life back together, as you all know, and it's actually way harder than I thought it was going to be. Even though I was totally fine spending Thanksgiving alone, I still felt like I was in a little bit of a funk because I almost felt like I should be doing something, like since I have been for the past 18 years. It was like a weird phantom anxiety. I didn't like it, but I'm doing a lot better now. Um, I got back to walking every morning. I unintentionally fell off and stopped walking when I took my trip to New Orleans. But having a consistent walk every day really is beneficial for me. It's very funny because I'm noticing on my walks that like I used to be afraid to take up space even when I'm just walking on the sidewalk. No matter what, I would move to accommodate every person. And now I'm basically playing chicken on the sidewalk. Like move bitch, get out the way. And it's kind of empowering when you're not the one to compromise. I'm not trying to get in anyone's way, but I'm also going to stop behaving like I'm in everyone's way. This is obviously what people mean when they're in their bad bitch era, playing chicken on the sidewalk. Life update. I took myself on a date. I was so nervous about going out by myself in Miami, so I went to a comedy club, which I feel is an easier place to go to by yourself than, say, a bar, because no one's trying to talk to you. Everyone is watching the comedian. I had a really, really amazing time. And I made a new friend who lives in Orlando. I was so nervous driving in the car on my way to the comedy club, but I just kept telling myself over and over again, number one, you're going. Number two, you can leave early. And if you go and you leave early, that is still a win. But I didn't leave early. I actually stayed until the very end. And I didn't get home until midnight. I'm wild. So I started re-watching White Lotus on HBO. Jennifer Coolidge is a national treasure and she should be protected at all costs. I was on season one. The one with Sydney Sweeney. And the girls do ASMR. That's the first time I'd ever heard of ASMR. And it stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. The Oxford Dictionary defines ASMR as a feeling of well-being combined with a tingling sensation in the scalp and down the back of the neck as experienced by some people in response to a specific gentle stimulus, often a particular sound. Is that different from getting the chills? Because that happens to me a lot. Like, I will see something amazing or hear a song and get chills all over, like, like good chills. Sometimes it happens when I'm talking about something that I'm really passionate about, passionate about, 
But is that what ASMR is? Or is ASMR a very broad umbrella with different responses falling under it? All I know is anytime I watch Lemonade by Beyonce, I get the good chills. Becky with the good chills. Now, my Thanksgiving break consisted of watching the movie Burlesque and basically living off popcorn, Ghirardelli dark chocolate sea salt caramel squares, and mini Coca-Colas. I also watched Black is King by Beyonce on Disney+, and then I really wanted to watch Lemonade, also by Beyonce. Did y'all know that if you purchase a Lemonade film, you cannot airplay it to your TV? A message pops up that says, this video is not available for airplay or some shit. So I was unable to airplay Lemonade from my laptop to my TV, even though I purchased Lemonade, what, in like 2016? 2017? Let me tell you what, I was on a mission. I was on a Lemonade mission. I did a little Googling to try and see where I could watch Lemonade on the internet and concluded that the only way I could watch it was through Tidal. I do not, or I did not have a Tidal subscription, but I do now. And for those of you who don't know, Tidal is a music and video streaming service created or founded by Jay-Z, Mr. Beyonce. So I purchased Tidal and I started watching Lemonade and I realized that I was watching the edited version and I had to restart that shit over. I need to hear Beyonce say, what luck, what a fucking curse. That is ASMR for me. Can you imagine being Jay-Z and Beyonce's couples counselor? Oh my God, talk about some fucking pressure. I'm really liking Tidal though. If I recall correctly, Tidal was first released when I was in law school, and that was about 10 years ago. And I'm pretty sure that the monthly price for the subscription at that time was $20 a month. And I purchased it then. But mm, after using it for like a month, I felt that $20 was not worth it for what was being put out at the time. But it probably was just like a market test to see how much people would actually pay. So now the subscription is $10 a month and the content is much better. So I'm going to give it a little more time, but after 10 years of using Spotify, I'm pretty sure that I'm about to switch to Tidal completely. There is way more music on it than I thought, and there's also video available, and I'm all about the visuals. Speaking of visuals, and I almost don't want to even say this because it sounds greedy and not grateful, but... I almost want Beyonce to create a visual album for Renaissance like she did for Lemonade and Black is King. Because I watch Lemonade and Black is King very regularly. And I also watch Homecoming a lot. I am very excited to see the Renaissance film. I have purchased tickets to see the film on Thursday. So the day that this podcast comes out, I will be attending the film. It's also the same day that the premiere is taking place in London. So it's basically like I will be at the London premiere with Beyonce like in spirit. My daughter is going with me and we will be busting some Renaissance looks. There's also like this cute night market thing this Friday and I think I'm going to attend. The weather here has been absolutely fucking gorgeous like a like a little chilly in the morning but the days have been so nice I can see why people retire here I don't know about y'all but I made a few Black Friday Small Business Saturday Cyber Monday purchases I'm very excited to report that I have purchased the smokeless fire pit that Snoop Dogg has been promoting 
And I didn't get the signature Snoop model, which had his actual signature on it. Like, not like a real signature, but like a reprint of his signature. And while I liked it, it didn't fit the aesthetic that I'm going for, which is like a timeless, elegant, modern, chic aesthetic. So instead, I got a matte black smokeless fire pit. It is the chicest fire pit I have ever seen. I got the bonfire model, which is like the medium size. I considered getting the Yukon model, but it was really pricey and honestly too big for the space. I will also be attempting a do-it-yourself twinkling lights project for the backyard. Do you like to do it yourself? Ever since twinkly lights became a thing like 10 years ago, when everyone started putting them up in their backyard, I desperately wanted to be a twinkling lights lady and put twinkling lights in my backyard. But I didn't really have a backyard in the places that I stayed in New Orleans, so that was kind of difficult. But now that I have a proper backyard, you better believe your sweet ass I'm putting those fucking lights up. And I found a video on YouTube of someone giving instructions on how to complete the project, and I'm quite handy. I can work a drill, I can install some shit, I can put furniture together, I really can do it all. That is kind of what you have to do when you're a single parent. You gotta be able to handle anything. So stay tuned for my DIY project. Oh my god, I saw an article that the 15th anniversary of Twilight is coming up, and I gotta say, that stings. How can I only be 25, but Twilight came out 15 years ago? That's millennial math. I guess it's just a great mystery of the world. I am enjoying all the social media content of people making fun of Twilight, though, because Although I used to be incredibly obsessed with the Twilight series, I appreciate the unintended humor that exists in the Twilight movies. Speaking of Twilight, I saw Kristen Stewart on Watch What Happens Live, and I've never really cared for Kristen Stewart all that much, but after seeing her on that show, I feel like she seems really funny and really cool, and I feel like we could be best friends. Y'all, if you are not watching Real Housewives of Potomac this season, what are you even doing with your life? This season is really, really good. And on this recent episode, the ladies and their husbands played pickleball, which looks to me like tennis. And I understand that this is a craze. I myself have never played pickleball and I have no urge to play pickleball. That being said, I would gladly entertain any invitation to play pickleball because the outfits are fun. Tennis outfits are fun and they're cute and they're flirty and they're sporty and they're preppy. I like it. So everyone at Pickleball, including myself, thought Juan would be the topic of conversation at Pickleball. But the player player from the Himalayas, as Candace will put it, got overshadowed by the fight between Wendy and NECA. And it got overshadowed because the significant others, Happy Eddie and Ike, also got into it. So the fight happened because NECA confronted Wendy about Wendy's mother submitting NECA's name to some shrine. Wendy appears to be threatened by NECA. When confronted with this allegation about the shrine, Wendy said that NECA has been a hater from day one. I would argue that Wendy has probably been the hater from day one. Honestly, I feel like she kind of made an ass of herself at Pickleball. And like, instead of addressing the situation at hand, Wendy was just like screaming and escalating the situation. And then she's like, you know who I want to work it out with? Mia. Mia? 
I feel like Wendy realizes in that moment that she can't be fighting with two people. And so she tried to make up with Mia. But it just seemed disingenuous to me. NECA was explaining the entire situation to the group while Wendy was off making up with Mia. And the minute that NECA said, this is voodoo, the play of play from the Himalayas, Juan Dixon knocks over a serving platter of food and basically starts a fire. Playing fucking pickleball. A game that anyone at any level can play. But Juan has a basketball grudge, and he has to play pickleball so fucking hard, and he slams his body into the fence, causing the food on the other side of the fence to knock over and start a fire. Juan started the fire, in more ways than one. We thought the whole debacle was over between Wendy and NECA. Side note, I love when the house husbands start getting their hands dirty. That is ASMR. And after Wendy's mom called NECA's cousin, instituting Shrine Gate, Wendy's husband, Happy Eddie, apparently unfollowed NECA's husband, Ike, on Facebook. And I don't know if anyone caught this, but Wendy's friend, Kiana, said that Wendy has been wanting to get that off her chest for some time now. She said she's been waiting on that. Mm, that kind of contradicts the assertion that Wendy doesn't know NECA, because why would you need to get anything off your chest if you don't know somebody? So I guess Wendy is mad that NECA said she's met her before, but this all seems very odd and I kind of hate that they're fighting. All I know is Wendy's reaction tells me that she is threatened by NECA because if she wasn't threatened, then Wendy wouldn't even clock her on the radar and she probably would lead with kindness, which is not what I've been seeing. And I think Wendy is better than that. Is anyone watching her talk show? Is it smart? Is it elevated? Is it boring? Wendy's reaction brings us to the rich bitch tip of the week. You gotta keep the long game in mind. Don't cut your nose off to spite your face. Which refers to a scenario such as this one with Wendy. And is an expression to describe a needless, self-destructive overreaction to a problem. See, Wendy is telling on herself. She's telling on herself by having such a negative reaction to NECA. She needs to play the long game and try not to be so reactionary. Oh, I hope they can work it out. I don't know. I don't know, but what I do know is that there is one more phase of Mercury in retrograde for 2023. The last retrograde of the year begins on December 13th and ends on January 1st. My goodness, right through all the holidays. And also, right smack dab in the middle of retrograde is my 35th birthday. I mean, 25th birthday. Just kidding. It's 35. I don't give a fuck. That's right. Your girl will be 35. And although I feel 25 and look 25, I will actually be 35. And I'm thinking 35 might just be my best year yet. And I've never actually believed that. In fact, I've dreaded my birthday in previous years. When I was in school, my birthday always fell during the winter break. So I don't ever recall doing a birthday thing at school or having my locker decorated. And my birthday is like five days before Christmas, so my gifts are usually a bundle. I don't want gifts this year. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding, Mom. I want lots and lots of gifts. But this year, I think I'm going to book myself a fabulous spa day on my birthday. I will be totally occupied in relaxing bliss 
And one thing that Miami for sure has is five-star hotels with amazing spas. And the retrograde provides a wonderful time for me to reflect on how I'm going to take over the damn world. Just kidding, but who knows? Well, I will be taking over my world, that's for sure. And I will continue to thrive this holiday season despite retrograde. We will get through this. All will be okay. For those of you who don't know, Mercury and retrograde refers to the period of time which occurs a few times a year where Mercury moves slower than the Earth around the Sun. And when Mercury moves slower in these time periods, it gives the illusion that Mercury is moving backwards. Mercury in astrology is the planet of communication, transportation, and technology. And when it moves backwards, miscommunications occur, transportation is out of whack, and technology may glitch. But it's not really a bad thing for Mercury to be in retrograde. It's a good time to step back and reflect on the past in order to like fully embrace the present, and then you can step more confidently into the future. And really, what a better way to start a new year. I know that everyone says that they don't believe in the shit, and that is okay. And I'm not saying that I understand all of the astrology shit or subscribe to all of it, but you cannot tell me that we are all on a blue marble floating in the damn universe, which is infinite, and there's all these planets around us, and we are all orbiting the sun, and then we have a damn moon orbiting our planet, and all this stuff just works. It's natural. So you cannot tell me that all that shit in space doesn't affect us small humans on Earth. It has to. I mean, just look at the tide. The moon brings in the tide and takes out the tide. I'm not saying we fully understand how it affects us, but it has to. Something that affects me significantly in a positive way is my love for lox bagels. I don't really want to talk about this right now because I'm hungry as fuck and I haven't eaten yet today because it's not noon and I fast every day until noon. Fasting until noon used to be easy working in an office, but when I started working from home, it got real tricky. Like if you live with someone else, they can't cook anything before noon. Otherwise, the scent of what they are cooking activates the hanger monster. Snickers got it right when they said you aren't you when you're hungry. Some sort of angry beast. Beast? How dare you? I miss Eileen from Beverly Hills Housewives. But I am practically in love with a lox bagel with cream cheese, capers, red onions, and sometimes a little avocado. It's so fucking good. The only downside is that it will make your breast stanky. But fortunately for me... I have been living alone, which is not sad, and I kind of fucking love it. So there's no one to impress with fresh breath, and this is going to sound really gross, but I absolutely love red onions, like raw red onions. I know there's some people who can't take the harshness of a raw red onion, but I actually prefer it. When I saw that clip of Northwest eating a raw onion, I'm like, I understand. I also feel like caramelized red onions are like a hot thing right now and have been for a few years, and I am fucking here for it. This is hilarious, but my mouth is literally watering right now for caramelized red onions. Oh my God, and honey goat cheese. Okay, I have to stop talking about food. So I'm sure y'all have heard, but P. Diddy, formerly known as Puff Daddy, was sued by Cassie, his ex-girlfriend of 10 years. Trigger warning, this story includes allegations of domestic violence and could be triggering and traumatic okay in the lawsuit cassie accuses diddy of physical abuse 
rape, and sex trafficking. And according to the New York Times, which is a step up from my page six reporting, the lawsuit filed by Cassie states that she met and started dating Diddy when she was 19 and that he began a pattern of control and abuse that included plying her with drugs, beating her, and forcing her to have sex with a succession of male prostitutes while he filmed the encounters. Yikes. The suit also states that in 2018, near the end of their relationship, P. Diddy allegedly forced his way into her home and allegedly raped her. These are obviously very serious allegations, but the parties have already settled. I've never seen a case settle so quickly. The suit was filed by Cassie on November 16th, and with possibly the quickest settlement in history, the case was settled one day later. The case was settled for an undisclosed sum, but Cassie was seeking $30 million, and I imagine she got close to that. Now, the allegations are horrific, but they stem from incidents that took place a long time ago, meaning that most of the claims would not ordinarily have been allowed to be brought to court. But New York passed the Adult Survivors' Right Act, and it created a one-year window for people who were over the age of 18 at the time of the alleged offense the opportunity to file a lawsuit against their alleged abusers. And that one-year window expired on November 24th, 2023. And in doing my research for the lawsuits against Diddy, I came across a slew of lawsuits that were filed against Axel Rose of Gun N' Roses, Jamie Foxx, Steven Tyler, former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, and New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Damn, Jamie Foxx is being sued for allegedly sexually assaulting a woman at the rooftop bar restaurant Catch, which, is out, which as you'll recall, Catch was recently the subject of a storyline on New York City Housewives. Man, Catch can't catch a break. There were approximately 3,000 lawsuits filed in the one-year period under the Adult Survivors Act. If I was Diddy's lawyer, I would not have settled so quickly. I don't want me saying that to take away from the fact that I believe Cassie, and I feel that she deserves compensation. But with Cassie's lawsuit being filed on November 16th, and with the one-year time period closing one week later, I would have advised Dizzy... Dizzy? <laughs> I would have advised Diddy to allow the filing period to expire, and then settle the lawsuit. Like, he didn't even have to file an answer in the amount of time he settled. I get that he didn't want to go discovery, but he definitely made it look like he has something to hide. And he showed the public that he is willing to settle very quickly. I just think it was a poor strategic move on his part. Because two new lawsuits were filed against Diddy in the time remaining in the filing period. Diddy's lawyers say that Diddy is denying the allegations and that this is just a money grab. But the allegations and the details of the alleged incidents are pretty specific. One woman even claimed to be hospitalized, so there should definitely be a record of that. And now Diddy has stepped down as the board chairman for Revolt TV following the two lawsuits? Well, this whole situation is awful, and I hope the victims are able to be compensated quickly and move on with their lives. Man, I wish I had a vape or something. Researching that shit was heavy. Vapes are interesting inventions and definitely seem better than cigarettes, but they are hella addicting and I feel like the lack of smell from the vape makes you use it more and so you can get addicted faster 
But damn it, is it good. Sharp turn. I need some advice on how to get off a mailing list. I'm on way too many mailing lists. Now, as I've explained before, my daughter has been heavily involved in the Jewish community her whole life. I have not. As you all know, I am Jew heavy on the ish. So there's definitely a Jewish organization on campus at her school. And I guess there was some student organization fair. And I have no idea why, but my daughter gave my email address to this Jewish organization. And I keep getting a lot of emails from a rabbi. And I don't like getting emails from anyone. I'm a quick unsubscriber. But the rabbi's email doesn't have an unsubscribe button. And I have too much shame to write him and ask him to remove me from the mailing list. So I don't know what to do. And I am open to all options. So please text me at 504-224-9919 with your suggestions on how I should handle the rabbi email situation. Because I'm at a loss and my inbox is full. I'm getting way too many fucking emails. I was very naive to think that there wouldn't be emails over the Thanksgiving holiday. Because not only were the emails persistent and unwelcomed, they were triggering as hell. I got an email from the jeweler where I got my engagement and wedding rings giving me a discount. Fuck you. I got an email from the bitch who did my makeup. Unsubscribe. I also got an email about a flash sale on pictures that I could order from my boudoir photo shoot that I did prior to getting married that will never see the light of day. Ooh, that's a tough one to swallow. I mean, I looked good, but it's like my eyes couldn't hide how unhappy I was. It's so funny now thinking about happiness and unhappiness. Because my happiness does not come from all the things that society told me was supposed to make me happy. Like excelling in school or work or getting a good job or going to college or going to law school or being a lawyer. The one thing that society told me was a life ruiner. My daughter has been like the ultimate life giver. What I'm trying to say is I'm not listening to anyone else anymore. I am only following what makes me happy and that's it. Create your own happiness, right? That is what I am working on right now by building something, creating something. I'm in this female entrepreneur group and we have weekly calls and listening to the questions from different women. It has become apparent that we don't really lack the skill to do something new. We lack the confidence to do it. I mean, I am a lot more confident now than I was. Ooh, you know what? I might just do my own little boudoir shoot for myself to replace the horrific one with the sad eyes. I'm sure there's really good photographers here. Hmm. Okay, I'm writing that down because that's a great idea. Y'all, I got emails from Bed Bath & Beyond who's apparently come back from the dead. Who fucking new. I went to Bed Bath & Beyond a few months ago to get a shower curtain and it was completely empty. I guess they are online only, but I got a shit ton of emails over Thanksgiving. I have some serious unsubscribing to do. So my Murphy's Law day that I was telling y'all about last time actually turned into a Murphy's Law week. And now that I'm thinking about it, that was probably a little pre-shadow of Mercury and retrograde. Huh. Well, in my Murphy's Law week, I lost a screw to my ring camera. Now, my ring camera operates off battery power, so it has to be recharged. The guy at Target who sold me the ring camera told me to go on Amazon and buy a replacement battery so I could switch them out and not lose optimal ring camera footage. 
Well, it turns the fuck out that the ring camera this dude sold me did not have a removable battery. So now I have to return this shit to Amazon that I purchased thinking I was doing something smart. Ring has its own like neighborhood social app and I keep getting lots of posts reporting things being stolen out of their cars. Um, why are you leaving anything in your car? My car got broken into so many times in New Orleans I just left it unlocked. Because I never had anything of value in there. But I kept my car dirty as shit. So it looked like there was lots of shit in there and maybe some of it could be valuable. But it wasn't. But I learned my lesson because my car kept getting broken into. I keep my car clean now and I don't keep shit in my car. Not chapstick, not a Target bag, nothing. I actually have more returns than I'd like to admit. I used to be very bad at making returns. As in, I just wouldn't do it. It was like an anxiety thing where I knew I needed to do it, but there was no urgency or deadline making me do it. So I would totally avoid making the return. And then the window of return always ended up closing. And it would leave me feeling bad for myself. And then you just don't return the shit. And then you don't throw away the shit. So you're sitting there surrounded by your choices. But I've grown. Now I return things. And I feel much better being a person who returns things versus someone who does not return things. But that doesn't mean I like returning things. And I got a lot of shit to return, including a portable AC. You don't know this about me, but I'm a hot sleeper. I need the temperature to be at like cool polar ice cap temperature. And the house that I rented, I rented remotely, meaning I did not see it before signing the lease. And I told my agent that the only thing I cared about was the AC. Well, I'm not blaming her, but the bedroom does not get a lot of AC airflow. And I tend to wake up sweating, which is not fun. And when I get up at 3 a.m. because I feel like I'm in the middle of a fucking volcano, my cat Lydia thinks it's time to eat. She literally will jump up on the bedroom door, use the door to launch herself into the air like a fucking launching pad, which closes the bedroom door, and then turns the heat up inside the volcano. So I decided I needed a portable AC, and I got one. I used it for a while, and I tried to convince myself that it actually was cooling me off, but if I'm being completely honest... It barely did shit. So I'm sending it back. I emailed the company and let them know that I wanted to return it. And they responded, hey, uh, we'll give you $70 refund and you could keep it. I said, hell no. It doesn't cool. I don't want it. So I got to return it. I got a little upset that I'm still waking up hot at night and I bought a Dyson fan. I've had success with Dyson in the past and I researched and read reviews from the various fans and I purchased one from Best Buy and I paid like $6 to get same day delivery. Now the fan was swiftly delivered and I opened that bitch up like a kid on Christmas, plugged the fan in, pushed the power button and nothing fucking happens. The fan doesn't turn on at all. I try a different outlet. Maybe the fan needed a little more juice. Still doesn't fucking turn on. I call Dyson. The wait time is 30 fucking minutes to speak to someone. I try the chat, go through all the robo questions, and I get to the end and I get a response saying, yeah, you need to talk to someone. No fucking shit, Dyson. So I googled, so I googled whether I could return the Dyson to Best Buy. And I can. 
So tomorrow, or maybe even today, I will be exchanging that fan for one that operates. So there was a new episode of Beverly Hills Housewives. Kyle has a THC CBD dinner party at her house, and it's like a whole fucking production. Everyone is dressed up real nice, and it has the making to be a fabulous dinner party. But Sutton is on her deflection tour, and since Kyle mentioned that Sutton seemed off when she wouldn't stop saying, name them, Sutton takes this fabulous sit-down dinner with like 15 people to bring up that something is going on with Kyle's personal life. And I don't know why Garcelle feels like she has to rescue Sutton all the time, but she did it again. Oops, Garcelle did it again. (laughs) Oh, what is wrong with me? And Sutton keeps being vague and talking in circles, insinuating that something is going on in Kyle's personal life. And Kyle's like, Dude, have some balls. What are you talking about? Say it to my fucking face, bitch. And then Garcelle blurts out her marriage. And this huge call out at the dinner table is at Kyle's house. And not one course has been served yet. So no one is high. Let me tell y'all something. If I plan a dinner party and invite you to my home and I have a private chef ready to feed you THC butter, and you pull this crap calling me out at my table after I just made this shit nice? Your ass is going home. If I was Kyle, I would have asked both of them to leave. Very Heather Dubrow style, you can leave. Please leave. Like if something is going on in Kyle's life, why are y'all, her friends, calling her out in front of everyone? So fucking rude. (sighs) I read an article that there is this dating app that has meetups at bars for single people. I think this is such a great idea, but I need to attend a few more comedy club nights before I'm ready to go to a bar. I don't even know if I would want to meet someone at a bar. I don't even know if I want to meet someone. Actually, I don't. But sometimes I do think of my ideal partner. And for the first time, None of my criteria has anything to do with physical appearance. I mean, physical appearance is certainly a component, but not what I care about anymore. Like, I would like a partner who is thoughtful, kind, respectful, honest, good sense of humor, adventurous, motivated, oh, and the big whammy, high emotional intelligence. I watched Big Little Lies recently, which is such a great fucking show. I mean, really. But I really resonated with each woman. There was something about each of their lives that I understood. But each time I saw a scene where there was a scuffle with a partner, I was like, "Uh uh-uh, not here. And I am so thankful there is no one in my house breathing and shit. And if I ever do live with someone else, I will pull a page out of Paige DeSorbo's book. Page out of page. I will do as Paige DeSorbo does and have my own room and my own bathroom. Thank you. So I've had a few neighbor encounters. The first was with my next door neighbor. Adorable family, very, very sweet. Well, from afar, because you know, I'm not talking to a soul right now. I just upgraded to playing chicken on the sidewalk. Speaking to people in my vicinity will take some time. 
Well, my next door neighbor sent letters to, I guess, the whole neighborhood. And there was a Spanish version and an English version. Encouraging everyone to decorate for the holidays and to build community during the holiday season. I love that. It is so sweet. And I feel like people don't do that anymore. But I don't know if I'm going to attend. I just, there's so many normal background questions that give me a panic attack to answer. I'm like, I'll just watch y'all from my window and I'll wave. Hey guys, it looks like y'all are having so much fun. I'm good. Love you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Okay. The second neighbor interaction was a woman who knocked on my door. Now, I don't normally answer the door. And in fact, I did not plan to answer this knock at the door. I checked my handy dandy ring camera and the bitch wasn't going anywhere. I think she knew I was home. So I was like, fuck it. Let's just get it over with. I thought she was bringing me muffins or something. Let's bring back that neighborly tradition that neighborly thing where you cook me food and bring me muffins like ooh, mini muffins if I get a choice anyways so this lady tells me about a neighborhood meeting regarding a nearby park that is being constructed and the community is having a meaning to determine what kind of features should be included to reflect the wants of the community and I thought that was so lovely But I ain't going to that meeting. Not because I don't want to, but I don't want to. But mainly because the meeting is at the same time as the Renaissance film. And I already got tickets for that. So I'm going to have to sit this one out. Unless we make it a Beyonce park. Then I could be on board. Oh my gosh, that is such a great idea. Okay. Oh my god, and you could call it Ivy Park. And it's a park. Beyonce, call me. Let's fucking do this. Y'all, if I see one more lady saying they're going to get off the Facebook algorithm by copying and pasting something to their profile and saying, I do not give Facebook permission to use my photos, can y'all fucking stop? That doesn't work. It just shows us the easy targets for identity theft, honestly. I would like to see if there is a correlation between people who post those kinds of things on Facebook and identity theft. If someone steals my identity or my credit card number within the next few weeks... Do your girl a favor and buy me a gift for my birthday on December 20th. If you stole my card, you probably have my address. Just send me a little something, okay? Um, you know what time it is. It is that time of the year again, and I am not talking about the Bath & Body Works candle day. It's time for the Spotify wrap-up. So Spotify does this cute little video for you and tells you all the music you listened to over the past year. So, my top five artists that I listen to on Spotify are Beyonce... Duh. J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Labyrinth, and Kanye West. Those are my top five artists on Spotify. Honestly, I have taste. Now for my top five songs, and it really should just say top five ASMR. Okay, these are kind of funny. (laughs) Okay, number one, Bound 2 by Kanye West. If you really listen to the lyrics... It sounds like a breakup song, and that would make some sense, and apparently I've been listening to that shit on repeat since January 6th of 2023. Spotify is like a damn historian. Number two, Calm Down by Rima and Selena Gomez. This song got me through the summer. I played that shit on repeat. Number three, No Ordinary by Labyrinth. 
great fucking song. I'm going to go listen to it when I'm done with this podcast. Number four, Benz by Solange, who is Beyonce's sister. Okay, Beyonce's, none of Beyonce's song made my top five, which was kind of shocking that Solange made my top five. But this song is definitely my favorite Solange song right now. But it's like only a minute long. So I play that shit on repeat, which probably explains why it's on my top five. Okay, number five, Try Not to Laugh, the number five song that I (laughs) played this year is Never Felt So Alone by Labyrinth. Oh my goodness. Okay, (laughs) I can see the humor in that. (laughs) I can see the humor in this, okay? I'm getting divorced. I'm living by myself. My daughter has gone to college. And my number five song that I listen to on repeat is Never Felt So Alone. Labyrinth is an amazing artist. He did the music for Euphoria, and I'm convinced it is a major reason, not the only reason, but a major reason why Euphoria was so successful. The music is amazing. Labyrinth also just recently came out with a new album, so I'm hoping he goes on tour. Oh my god! I have a candle update. Speaking of Bath and Body Works, I received an email alerting me that I get early access to Candle Day on December 1st. Now, I imagine this is available for everyone, but on Friday, December 1st, there is early access to Candle Day. You are welcome, bitch. ASMR. Thank you for listening to episode 13 of The Rich Room. Send me a text or leave a voicemail and tell me what ASMR means to you at 504-224-9919. Follow me at Lindsay underscore Sobel and also follow at The Rich Room Podcast. Leave us five stars everywhere you can and send me a birthday present, all right? Bye, bitches. Yeah.